0: I am so grateful that you have joined us for another episode of the Drop in CEO podcast. But before I get to the interview with Kate Bradley Chenis, she has a mic drop moment in this soundbite. She says, Don't make a sale, make a fan. Oh, that is so inspiring. And I can so relate to that, you know, in a recent client encounter. Even though I am finishing up some work at the end of August, when we shared that debrief, they said, but, but, but you're going to stick around, right? (laughs) Can we call you? I think I have a fan there. And also next, (laughs) some of the social media I put out there on LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn is my playground. Some of the people that I have been reaching out to, my people to gain their insights and inspiration, they have now been promoting my content on social media. So perhaps those brief encounters aren't just a conversation, but another fan. And oh my, this I am so grateful for. You know that I have written the book, The CEO's Compass, Your Guide to Get Back on Track. It is meant to serve the C-suite leaders of today as well as tomorrow. And an advocate of mine said, can I have several copies of your book? I'd like to share them with others. So music to my ears gives me great joy. But now I turn to you and think about your situation. When you interact with people, is it just a sale? Is it just a transaction? Is it simply another activity? Or in the process, have you created an advocate, or a fan for the work that you do. Let's listen to this amazing interview with Kate.
1: So the trick that we're all trying to solve is how does my army of one become an actual army? And you have to use automation to help that. You have to. AI can help, not only mine, but that can take many different forms. You also need friends, right? We're all in this together. So in my case, my friends are my employees, but also... Our customers, right? So I tell my team all the time, don't make the sale, make a fan. That's your job. It's huge. Because what happens for us is even customers who leave us still talk about us on social. And that's what we're looking for is that compounding social proof and evangelism. So, those metaphors we were talking about, see how they're everywhere, right? It's in the product. It's in how we work with our customers. It's in how we work as a team together and how we treat
0: each other. Welcome to the Drop In CEO podcast. I'm Deb Coviello. And as the drop in CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of The Drop-In CEO, and I am so grateful you have joined us on another episode with another amazing guest. And I just have the good fortune of bringing their insights and inspiration to you. And if you love this podcast, and I know you will, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell others so we can continue to build a great community and bring you great programming. And just know, My brand is here to help the C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow navigate their challenges with confidence. But I am so excited to bring on this amazing guest, Kate bradley Chernes. She is the founder and CEO of Lately that learns which words will get you the most engagement and turns video, audio, and text into dozens of social media posts that contain those words. Again, an amazing asset and need for businesses today. And she is also, oh my, so much accomplishment. She is an award-winning radio producer, engineer, and voice talent with 25 years of national broadcast communications, brand building, sales, and marketing expertise. And on top of also owning a marketing agency, she has also been a guest speaker on hundreds of sales, marketing, entrepreneurial podcasts, and has led numerous presentations across the industry. I am so excited and grateful that I found you. Welcome, Kate, to the show.
1: Hi, Deb. It's so nice to meet you and, and all of you listening. Thanks for joining us. This is super fun already. We've got lots of traveling things to talk about, as we've discovered, and I, I already feel like if you lived down the street, you know, we'd be in trouble because... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, we were just chit-chatting. We had to remember to turn the record button on here because we wanted to bring this great conversation to you. But, you know, just to let my listeners know, I am always in pursuit and curious about C-suite leaders, CEOs, founders of companies, what their journey was like, what worked well for them, what were some of the challenges, and in the process, get to know them and bring their insights to you. But, oh my, again, female founder, CEO of a company with some amazing technology for which she serves Companies and businesses. I can't wait for you to learn more about who she is. But, Kate, without further ado, please share with us a little bit more about yourself personally and the journey and the work that you're doing now.
1: Oh, thanks, Deb. Well, I think the fun piece to share is that uh, you touched on it. I used to be a rock and roll DJ. So, my last gig was broadcasting to 20 million listeners a day for XM satellite radio. <laughs> so, you know, I respect that microphone you have. I, I have three of them in a box over here and I don't know why I haven't put them up to my laptop. I think it's cause like I'm allergic to my former career. I'm <laughs> recovering, you know, <laughs> Wow. but you know, that journey is not dissimilar to this journey. I mean, one thing that radio had when I was in it was a bit of a sense in a, in an adventurous way of, well, and and some negative ways which we can touch on, but but lawlessness is what I'm saying. It was wild west. People in my day still were live on the air. The DJs were able to program the music themselves, so anything could happen, right? There was that thrill of oh my god, there's silence. What's wrong? You know, did she get the record on time? Did the segue work? Was it a train wreck? That kind of thing. And we used to goof around. We used to really celebrate the theater of the mind, Deb, which I am fascinated by. We can touch on that for folks who don't know, but the theater of the mind is, there's two really avenues for it. One is in writing. These things tie together here, by the way. So one is in writing and one is in sound. So when you're listening to music, for example, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tangent, but I'll come back here. You're brain must instantly access every other song it's ever heard before in this quick instant. And what it's trying to do is take the new song and index it and pop it into the library of the memory of your brain. It's looking for the right spot, right? And so just by default it has to pull forth nostalgia and memory and emotion and all the things that Q trust to make memory so powerful. Now, so part two is authors have a similar Onus as the person wielding the mic, as you do, which is to touch on nostalgia and memory and emotion in order to fuel trust in their writing, so that I will do what they want me to do, right? Because all communication is about call to action in the very end. Now, the way that these two, whether it's the wielding of the pen or the wielding of the microphone, the common with the theater of the mind is if you're good at your role. You leave space for the reader or the listener to fill in the blanks that you want them to fill in, right? So it's like they feel like they have a role because they do, it's very important, but it's guided by you. So the result is a two way street as opposed to a one way street. We feel like we're part of the conversation, we feel like we're part of the story. And this is the ticket to creating fans or evangelists because they work for you for free, right?
0: Yes. And I'm going to let you keep going, but I want to jump in here. I am smiling because I so get what you're talking about. I mean, first of all, you and I are East Coast people. We could talk really fast, but what we need to do is slow down our messaging because the brain is trying to do exactly what you're talking about, either consuming written content, or listening to our voices. They're listening to our voices and they're thinking whether they like it or not. They like the message that is coming out. And when we slow down and give them opportunity to process, as you say, they're trying to picture what we look like. They're trying to relate it to previous experience. They're trying to decide whether they keep listening or maybe go to another episode. So it is this very rapid methodical dance, as you say, the theater in us bringing them in and then moving forward together. I love it. Keep going. Yeah, (laughs) you got it. And that is the thing It's like, sorry to poo poo video,
1: but video gives it all to you. So it's a different experience. You don't have that interaction where the viewer gets to play a role. Right. And, you know, that was one of the things that was my specialty in radio. I'm great at making fans. And I would set records and you know I didn't even know what I was doing by the way like I don't know if female folks listening I find that my female friends have this similar problem is we don't even know how successful or great we are until someone else kind of recognizes it
0: for us often and then we have to acknowledge it too because sometimes our persona doesn't allow us to take those compliments or recognition to say oh shucks I just do that but like no 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 it resonates You People are becoming fans of what you say or how you say it. Right. And you're responsible for that. And I had to learn that
1: that was the case. And now I do know that I'm able to dissect and and sort of diagnose what I was doing and then explain it and help other people do the same thing. Whereas before I I was exactly what you just said. Well, duh, I just do it. What are you talking about? (laughs) What is exciting about lately is taking these metaphors of life, of my life and translating them into something seemingly totally unrelated. So touching back to the, the lawlessness. So I, I was also a line cook Deb all through high school, well, junior high, high school and college. Cause I, I was an athlete and I ate like crazy and I couldn't afford to feed myself. <laughs> so I got two free meals a day in the kitchen. you know? And If you've read Anthony Bourdain's book, everything he says is a thousand percent true. I lived that. And while the sexual harassment is, of course, prevalent, if you can ride that wave, there's a feeling of glory (laughs) if you can survive those things and not only survive, but, but utilize and leverage it. So I found that in cooking and I found that in radio. And I've found that in venture land as well, because little step for people. So in my world, in, in startup land, venture capital only funds female entrepreneurs 2.7% of the, of the money that's out there.
0: Can you imagine this? I have heard very low statistics on this, uh, and, and we have to understand why. But then you and I have to rise above and try to figure out how to crack the code. That's
1: right. So we have to bust our butts 98% harder than a guy right or or 97.3% i guess it might be <laughs> but we're up for the challenge so we do what we need to do we just do it the lawlessness though like what i like about it again is there's this line of the negative which we just touched on but then the positive which is that excitement you never know what's going to happen right there's this roller coaster that i'm addicted to obviously because some days not even days. I'm so negative. I like get seconds. I get seconds of joy. And then two seconds later, I'm just like, my head is just right down into the toilet,
0: you know, fully overwhelmed with all the stuff that's going on. I mean, I think that's a lesson for people just listening as we continue and listen to what your journey is, is that there's ups and downs. And maybe there are statistics that say that things are stacked against us, regardless of your demographic. But I think what it is, is if we are just passionate about what we're doing, we're good at what we're doing because people give us moments of high-fiving, even though we might take it in stride. Let's just look at our careers, look at our businesses, reflect on what we are doing well and just know, keep going and don't worry about what you're not good at. Don't worry so much about the negative stack of statistic or something that's stacked against you. Just know what you're good at and you will be recognized for your value. You will be creating Fans such as yourself, Kate. So keep going.
1: <laughs> Thank you. It's true. You know, I had to. Maybe it was a year before COVID. I think it was maybe 2019. I realized that the mountain of to-dos it was becoming so overwhelming that I could never. I couldn't see the light anymore at the end of the tunnel. Like there, it was just endless, and I knew that that wasn't going to change. And so I decided that my perception could change. And so I need to figure out a way to to have a mindset shift. So I started meditating and it had a huge effect. I mean, of, of course, I'm still able to quickly wallow <laughs> in in the glass half empty, but, and I only do it 10 minutes a day. I do the, the app. It's called waking up. I love it. 10 minutes. You have 10 minutes. It's very hard to find 10 minutes, but I managed to find it. What I like the way that it's Sam Harris the way that he does, leads his meditation, he leaves a lot of space for you to just silence for you to be there as opposed to fully guided, which, I mean, the whole point of meditation is for you to take what you learn in the practice and exist in the world in the same way, right? And part of that, not to lecture on meditation, is this idea of being a witness rather than absorbing whatever the things are. So if you can just watch it go by as opposed to take it personally or let it you know, sink in or put a dent into your protective armor, let's say, then it's much easier to ride the coaster.
0: you know? Yeah. And I could so relate to it. I mean, even when one is going through challenges in their career, and I sometimes talk about at the end of my corporate career, it was just very challenging because I was so inside of what was going on. I couldn't look on the outside. But I transitioned out and now anytime there is something negative going on or the activity is at a high level, maybe not in meditation, though I have done some, you just have to slow down and just stop and just think about all the things that are happening in your life, but to be able to step back and just pause, what's in my control, what's not in my control, is it good, is it bad, and just be a little bit more intellectual about it, but also let the emotions go. If there's any emotional attachment to the things going on. But it's that stepping back and just collecting yourself before you can come forward and put your best foot forward for the day ahead. So anything that can be done, whether it's beginning of the day or the end of the day to kind of reflect upon what's happened, it's always good just as an individual or leader to just pause because you get a sense of calm and clarity. Yeah, that gives you perspective,
1: you know, I I find even just for a a brief moment. And, you know, my personal self-care, Deb, has kind of skyrocketed <laughs> since I became a CEO because, you know, you start to realize, obviously, you are the most important person and everybody, good or bad, everyone reacts to you,
0: right? That's part of being a leader. I can so relate. I mean, I'm working with a CEO of a company right now and you can see them going from deer in the headlight because the world is all revolving around them and it can get overwhelming to if you can be a bit of that to help smooth things over, gives them more time to do the things they need to collect themselves and be the leader the organization needs. So kudos to you for reflecting on that. It's so necessary. It's huge. I mean, we allot for wellness in our budget as a
1: company, and that guilty feeling that I'm doing something that's not work sometimes. I've learned to really push it aside because if I can't get this centered, if I can't get my head, my sanity you know, my outlook, I'm only gonna be miserable for other people. And I'm lucky because I've sat I've got people around me who can tolerate my not nice side, which, you know, happens a lot actually. And I've chosen them specifically because I you know thyself, right? I know who I am, I know what I'm good at, and I know what I'm not good at. And having that wisdom, I'm gonna call it wisdom because I'm I'm forty eight, so I think I can call it wisdom at this point. Serves me well. Because I know I'm not perfect, and I don't apologize often because I don't like to. I have an ego issue around that. I try to, but I put other people around me who don't need that, and I surround myself with cheerleaders who can cheer them on because I know that's not my forte either. And these things, I don't know how long we'll be able to continue this. I mean, we only have well, there's seven full time employees and five part time, so we're not a very large company, but. But when I have to be someone, not myself, okay, when I have to really think about my words so carefully, just to get the littlest things done or put on kid gloves, I collapse. I can't deal with it. It's just inhibits my whole day because I feel like that's time wasted for me, right? Just get it done. Get over yourself and be autonomous and move on. And I've been so lucky that Chris and Lauren and Brian and my whole team, these guys are wild horses themselves, just like me.
0: But what I've loved what you've done is that you don't make excuses for how you are. And I'm sure you're not disrespectful in any way, but you are very clear on what the vision and future of the company is. And you have handpicked the people that support that, good, bad, or indifferent, but they all understand what the end game is. Because if you worry and fret about every little detail, or maybe you don't say something exactly the right way, as long as it's not with any disrespect, you have built a culture of trust. And everybody being laser focused on the end game. So even if you have these little ups and downs along the way, people are still moving forward. And that's really key wisdom to your point about having the right culture and having the right team to take you through the ups and downs. You're going to get there. Eventually, you guys are going to be high-fiving and laughing for those little things along the way. But it's the big things that you're really going after. Yeah, and they do that, too. I mean, our Slack channel is really fun.
1: (laughs) We've created quite a water cooler there and everyone has a great sense of humor to your point and we're very good at talking to no one I mean we've been working from home since the beginning so COVID didn't change that for my crew and that has bred a stronger sense of economy but also everybody knows when to share I mean if you're not in Slack making noise you don't exist right if you don't show up to the we only have two meetings a week two formal meetings that's it and the meeting's are here's a tip for you guys how we operate we create agendas it's a rolling agenda i call it where each person is at the top there's like the discussion items and at the bottom is each person's little area to summarize what they're doing this week and what they're you know moving on to for the next week you are all required to read it an hour before the meeting during the meeting we don't talk about any of that stuff we talk about whatever's on the discussion list maybe one or two things there's all almost never anything there because we get it done in slack So these two meetings really have one purpose, which is social. We hang out, we share what's going on this week. We remind ourselves that, you know, this person's first child just went to daycare for the first time.
0: So maybe she's feeling a little weird this week, for example. This is so refreshing because actually you've given me some pause. If you have the communication channels open for which work is exchanged and things are done. And then you have the structure to at least inform and align what people are working on. I used to think that these meetings were to then simply resolve differences. Like, okay, keep it short, keep it focused. What do we need to work on to get through the rest of the week? But I like what you say is that, you know, that's offline. You focus on the human connection and making sure you're checking in with everybody, despite all of this flurry of activity for which you have a highly independent, accountable workforce. It's time to check in. And I love that more people should do that. Yeah, because if we waited to solve the problems in these meetings, it's too long for us.
1: We we can't survive. I and mean, we have to be very very nimble and I'll get on people about that. And, and even our customers, we we tell it's so funny when we're when we're working in onboarding with enterprise customers specifically, you know, we'll set up weekly meetings for example, and we'll say to them, there is a help button within the product. Click it. This is Lauren's phone number and her email. Do not hold this whatever's going on with you don't hold it for the week and tell us cuz then your experience is miserable for the week and we don't want that we want to solve it right away let's move on but it is people's nature to to do that you know one other thing that we do in slack dev is no again we're small enough to do this but i've more or less forbidden threads so that everything is always very transparent because i hate repeating myself i find that to be a huge waste of time and I also have learned that when I learned this from cooking, because I worked at this one restaurant where one day a year when it was very slow, they had us swap the kitchen staff and the wait staff so we could be in each other's shoes. And always after that day, the, the tip outs of the kitchen were like higher for a long time. And so at our company, I know that it's really important for the engineers, for example, to have sympathy for the customer service team and sales, where right? is all tied together, I think of it all as one, this same idea resonates in how we do our marketing, right? So we have, let me say a little teaser, and then we can back into it. We have a 98% sales conversion, folks, lean in. Let me repeat that, 98% sales conversion. And part of the reason we have that is because my entire team participates on social media together. So this is, again, the social element that we just talked about. So we're, we're doing this in multiple layers. It also, by the way, is how the product works. So our artificial intelligence runs on human fuel, and we're insistent upon that because a robot is dumb. It has to learn from a human. And so we teach our customers how to train the AI, and that way it can get smarter much faster, but also get much, much, much smarter. So back to the 98% sales conversion, we get that because we don't do any paid ads and no cold calls and no cold emails. We only use our own software, social organic marketing for all of our marketing. And because we're good at training it, we've trained it so well, it learns exactly what messages and words and ideas our targets will respond to and knows to pick those ideas out of long-form content and turn them into social posts. And so then we're watching online who's liking commenting and sharing. Those are warm leads for us because they are warm, you know us and my whole team participates in it, right? So we have a channel called Sharing and Caring. You're gonna produce this episode. I'm gonna ask for the file. I'm gonna cut it up into dozens of pieces, I'm going to publish it on my brand channels and all of my employees are going to publish it on their LinkedIn or Twitter channels, right? And we're going to watch for when you publish it. As soon as you do, my social marketing person, Katie, she's going to grab the link to your LinkedIn post. She's going to drop it in our sharing sharing channel on Slack. And My whole team is going to pile on to lift the visibility. This is how it works. Now, this is hard. It's the hard way. Step, right? This is the hard way. I mean, it's made easier by AI obviously. but you can throw money at paid ads. That's easy. You can hire an agency. That's easy. You can line up a bank of SDRs and they play a numbers game and annoy the hell out of people and call them all day long. Or you can set up a long tail, which is what I know about from radio. And the difference is, yes, it's harder and it takes a longer time, but the payoff is exponentially
0: greater, 98%. Okay. So I am over the top on this. First of all, thank you. I am looking forward to taking this moment in time that you and I are having and it going out into the world with your team. So I sincerely appreciate that. But what you bring to the table is a really, really important concept here. Just for anybody investing in relationships, listening, we can listen to people in our world, parents, coworkers, mentors, our children, the community. And our brains are wonderful things. We can also consume all this data. We're listening to see what resonates with people and point you in a direction of more meaningful relationships, a more meaningful life, et cetera. You simply have created some technology that can help your clients curate that information and target who they go afterwards. I think it is so amazing, but I am just, this is amazing. And, and I also agree too, just this podcast interview with you. I too could have had an army of people doing cold outreaches to people, but I right now, and I'm incorporating them into my pot, I am reaching out directly with people I think I can help. I know these people. I've worked with these people. And while they may not be able to work with me now, I share my book. I give them access to all my social media. It is a long tail game. The patient thing, game is the problem. How long do you wait for the long tail to start reaping those benefits? But if you believe in what you're doing, you believe in your message, your position, your value just keep going just keep going
1: yes you can accelerate that by so so the trick that we're all trying to solve is how does my army of one become an actual army and you have to use automation to help that you have to ai can help not only mine but there's lots of different that can take many different forms you also need friends right we're all in this together so in my case my friends are my employees but also our customers, right? So we've taken this idea of, I tell my team all the time, don't make the sale, make a fan. That's your job. It's huge. Because what happens for us is even customers who leave us still talk about us on social. And that's what we're looking for is that ongoing compounding of social proof and evangelism. So the those metaphors we were talking about, see how they're everywhere, right? It's in the product. It's in how we work with our customers, it's in how we work as a team together and how we treat each other. This is
0: huge insight. I mean obviously it's not rocket science, but we spend so much time with our teams, whether you're an employee or a business owner we all often we don't have to necessarily like each other, you know all the time, but at least there's an element of respect and with over time, one can be a fan. I love that because that's what we're trying to do. it's that trust and you know, you're making me smile here because as I have been persistent now, 240 podcast episodes in business three and a half years, I am starting to see the people that I have connected with, I have supported and been a fan of, they are now also being a fan and promoting for which I am very, very grateful, but it just takes immense patience to be steadfast to that and and build fans, not just sales and customers. (laughs) It does. I mean, the, karma's real
1: (laughs) right you know it goes around comes around and i think people can belittle the value of social media specifically and i understand why and and certainly there's so much noise and i mean even i follow kim kardashian on instagram i mean i do i don't like her stuff because i don't i don't like heart it because i don't want to i don't know i don't want to go that far but i'm totally swiping but You know, sales has always been social. This is not a new thing. It's not a surprise. And since the person, whoever invented the wheel, they had to make somebody trust them enough to give them that rock coin, whatever it was. And that's really the name of the game. There is an objective to everything I do, every word I say. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think often, sometimes, either women can shy away from it or perhaps be chided for you know, that's where the bitch word comes in, right? But like, I am fully, this conversation, I like you, I'm delighted to meet you, but there's something in this for me. This is lead gen. This is why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it to make friends. I mean, to be really honest, right? There's a reason here. Now the happy accident is I make friends, and I <laughs> And I love that. And it fuels me, my soul at the same time. And I learned something. So an extra win there, right? And When you know what the objective is of social media or anything else, then you can back into it
0: and obviously be be clear on your reasons, but then get something more out of it. You're always going to get more out of it. Again, you and I together started with curiosity, with intentionality of understanding the challenges of being a C-suite leader, learning more about your business. Maybe there are ways I can support you, refer you, but also the joy of just getting to know you, a strong individual having a passion, having a clear vision. And I love, love, love how you have set up the culture and the ways of working for your company. A lot of people can learn from that. But we do have to, at least on air, bring this to some closure here. Are there any last thoughts you may want to share with our listeners?
1: So I guess I should just tell folks what Lately does if they're curious. And I used to own a marketing agency, by the way, Deb. So just so people don't think I'm just this crazy radio person who had this (laughs) random idea. But I did all this by hand for Walmart, like about, I guess a dozen years ago, and got them 130% ROI year over year for three years. So I had this model that is what lately became in the end. And I didn't even sort of realize what I was doing. Of course, someone else had to kind of you know help me make it into software and drag me into this wild, wild, crazy world. But lately, as you had said before, it studies your analytics of any social panel that you give us. And from that, it learns what gets you the highest engagement. And then it builds a custom writing model for your specific individual voice or your brand voice, either one. And once it has the writing model, that's when it is able to help you repurpose long-form content that could be a video, it could be an audio, like a podcast. Or it could be any, any text like a blog or a newsletter or even chapters of a book. And with a writing model, it can split apart that long-form content into dozens of micro-promos that have a link to drive back to read the full or watch the full kind of component there all in the form of social posts. So this idea is about not only repurposing, but it's really learning what your customers care about. And being able to double down on that because that's that's really all that matters. So that's kind of what Lately does. I think the thing that I would love to lead people with is what you're doing today, which is as a female entrepreneur, I'm an underdog, but I can't do it without you.
0: You are lifting me up and it's my job to pass that on. You have been an amazing guest. I can't wait to learn more about the work you do, but it does start with just getting to know the human behind the vision and what you're doing and you have left so many insights and inspiration for our listeners. I just want to say, Kate, thank you so much for the opportunity. You've been an amazing guest and I do wish you continued success. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow.